Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another beautiful day. It's the 13th of May, and we are looking at the Word of God this morning in depth, as we normally do, reading through the whole Bible in a year. We're in 1 Samuel 10 and 11 today, Matthew 25. If you can find your places there. And it's wonderful to have you guys with us. If you're driving, obviously, you don't have to... Um, find your place, just listen, but it's encouraged to have your Bibles with you and opened. It it helps a lot in your mind to process it. Plus, you know where things are in the Bible. It's very much um, an advantage to, and you can mark things in your Bible. Don't be afraid to mark observations and uh, connect other verses to it when you get a chance. So with that, let's move over to this day in history trivia. Interesting day in this day in trivia. Pope John Paul II was shot on this day in 1981. Escaped Turkish terrorist, um, some guy, shoots Pope Paul II in the Vatican Square. He was struck four times. I didn't know he struck four times. Hmm. He was... um, Later apprehended and sentenced to life in prison, but the Pope forgave him, and he was pardoned by the Italian president. Um, and then deported to Turkey in 2000. There he was imprisoned for a previous murder. He made conflicting claims about who hired him for the assassination attempt. One of the claims was the Russian government hired him because of the Pope's involvement in Polish solidarity, others that he also claimed he had hired him, um, others that he also claimed had hired him included Cardinal Angostino Carololi and some other guy. And how is it they couldn't get the truth? I don't know. Mm, nice Pope forgave him, but not always a good idea with the terrorists. Um, Mm. And there we go with our morning ding. Should mean my coffee's ready. No, just kidding. Um, I, no, some stuff going on in World War II, a lot of stuff. First werewolf movie came out on this day in 1935. London, Werewolf of London was released, <laughs> the first version. Uh, May 13, 1918, the 24th cent denomination stamp was first released with a picture in an upside-down biplane. Our Lady of Fatima, May 13, 1917, the three shepherd children see this apparition. However, if you look into the history very closely, and I have a great video on that if any of you are interested, um, what they saw did not look like the beautiful virgin that you always see. It looked rather dark, rather scary. They were scared out of their minds. It was the priest in the village that told them that interpreted for them what they saw. They said, no, no, you didn't see something dark and scary up in the tree that looked <laughs> rather reptilian and weird or something. No, what you saw was Mary. And 
And so uh, look into the history in depth. You'll find some very, very interesting videos on it. I have um, one by L.A. Marzulli who went into this and wrote about it and did a whole video on it. And I encourage you to watch it. It's very, very telling, very interesting. Well, let's see. Um, there was one more, a couple more I really wanted to cover, if I can remember it. If I remember where it was. Oh, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> this is the major one. Mandatory Bible reading, reading and May 13th, 1925, daily Bible reading of the Bible becomes mandatory in Florida public schools. Exactly what we're doing now became part of the curriculum. You know, it's interesting how people write these things. It becomes mandatory. It just means they were in, it was included in the curriculum every day that they'll read the Bible. Isn't that wonderful? Too bad. Too bad. Um, and the Mexican War, May 13th, 1846, the U.S. declares war on Mexico. After Mexico had refused to sell California... The previous January, President James Polk ordered General Zachary Taylor to enter Mexico and provoke them to war. I'm not sure that purchase was a good one. <laughs> Sorry, all you guys up in Florida, but I'm in California. You know what I mean. <laughs> in light of current political things going on up there. <laughs> um, okay, the best, or not the best, the dad jokes for the day. Here we go. What do you call, what do you call a bird that's afraid to fly? Chicken. Uh, okay, that's one. Let's see if we can get another one. Uh, now I gotta use that that sound effect again. What's the best? Uh, the best gift I ever received was a broken drum. You can't beat that. There you go. I had to use the drum on that one. Remember that joke I told you about the chiropractor? It was about a week back. <laughs> a week back. Okay, let's move on now to the word. We are in 1 Samuel chapter 10, and let's pray and get, get going this morning. Father, thank you for bringing us together and blessing us with your word. What a different place this would be if Bible daily Bible reading in the public schools was, was still a part of the curriculum. But anyway, Father, we thank you for where we are. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your protection in our family and our lives. And ask you to guide us through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Saul took the flask of oil and poured it on his head, kissed him and said, I don't know if I said that right. Then Samuel took the flask of oil, poured it on his head, kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? When you go from me today, then you will find two men close to Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin and Zella, And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Now behold, your father has ceased to be concerned about the donkeys and is anxious about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you will go on further from there, and you will come as far as the oak of Tabor. And there three men going up to, the, to God at Beth, Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, 
another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a jug of wine. And there they will greet you and will give you two loaves of bread, which you'll accept from them. Afterwards, you will come to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is, and it shall be as soon as you have come there to the city, that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and a lyre before them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. It shall be when these signs come to you, do for yourself what the occasion requires, for God is with you. And you shall go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and sacrifice, peace offerings. You shall wait seven days until I come to you to show you what you should do. Then it happened when he turned his back to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. And all those signs came upon, came about that day. And when they came to the hill there, behold, a group of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him mightily, so that he prophesied among them. It came about when all who knew him previously saw that he prophesied, now with the prophets, that the people said to one another, What has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? And man there said, Now, who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb. Is Saul also among the prophets? When he had finished prophesying, he came to the high place. Now Saul's uncle said to him and his servants, Where did you go? And he said, To look for the donkeys. When we saw that they could not be found, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, Please tell me what Samuel said to you. So Saul said to his uncle, he told us plainly that the donkeys had been found, but he did not tell him about the matter of the kingdom which Samuel had mentioned. Saul publicly chosen king. Verse 17. Therefore Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah. And he said to the sons of Israel, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought Israel up from Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the power of the kingdoms. That we're oppressing you. But you have today rejected your God who delivers you from all your calamities and your distresses. Yet you have said, No, but set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. Thus Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its families, and Matrite family. The Matrite family was taken, and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they looked for him, they could, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired further of the Lord, Has the man come here yet? So the Lord said, Behold, he is hiding himself in the baggage. So they ran and took him from there, and when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? Surely there was no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king. Then Samuel 
told the people the ordinances of the kingdom and wrote them in the book and placed it before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, each one to his house. Saul also went to his house in Gibeah. And the valiant men whose hearts God had touched went with him. But certain worthless men said, How can this one deliver us? And they despised him and did not bring him any present. But he kept silent. Chapter 11. Now, Nahush the Ammonite came up and besieged Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahush, Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. But Nahash, the Ammonite, said to them, I will make it with you on this condition. I will gouge out the right eye of every one of you. Thus, I will make it a reproach of, on all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Let us alone for seven days that we may send messengers throughout the territory of Israel. Then if there is no one to deliver us, we will come out to you. Then the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and spoke these words in the hearing of the people, and all the people lifted up their voice and wept. Now behold, Saul was coming from the field behind the oxen, and he said, What is this matter with the people that they weep? So they related to him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul mightily when he heard these words, and he became very angry, and he took a yoke of oxen, and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout the territory of Israel by the hand of the messenger, saying, Whoever does not come out after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. Then the dread of the Lord fell upon the people, and they came out as one man. He numbered them in Be at Bezek, and the sons of Israel were 300,000, and the men of Judah 30,000. And they said to the messengers who had come, Thus you shall say to the men of Jabesh Gilead, Tomorrow by this, by the time the sun is hot, hot, you will have deliverance. So the messengers went and told the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Then the men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow we will come out to you, and you may do to us whatever seems good to you. The next morning Saul put the people in three companies, and they came into the midst of the camp at the morning watch and struck down the Ammonites until the, he until the heat of the day. Those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. Then the people said to Samuel, Who is he that said, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring them in so we may put them to death. But Saul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day. For today the Lord has accomplished deliverance in Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come and let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. So all the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. There they also offered sacrifices of peace offerings before the Lord, and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. So there you have the, the establishment of Saul, and we recently just went through in 1 Samuel what happened later with the, the Levite coming through the territory and his concubine being raped and killed and how he cuts the concubine up to, um, to then gather all Israel to fight against 
the enemies of, I mean, the, the Benjamites who had fallen into sin by this time. It's really interesting, this, the cycle of how all this stuff happens. And, of course, we also covered it when Saul was killed, he and Jonathan in the, in the great battle that they were fighting um, against the, ooh, I want to say the Ammonites. You have to check that. Um, that, that was the men of Jabesh Gilead that went and took his body and Jonathan's body off the wall at Bashan. I can't, I'm going to check my memory. I think it was um, the city, the Philistine city there, or the city they had overtaken. And David commends them and blesses them for that because they remembered that Saul had delivered them. They both, still had both eyes. They were grateful. Saul became a wicked ruler, bad guy, but he started out good. He started out defending Israel. Why? Because the Spirit of God was upon him. He was walking in the Spirit of God then, being God-directed. And God can change the heart of any wicked man and make him a useful servant if he's willing and not harden his heart against God. And at this point in Saul's life, this is what he was doing. The Spirit came upon him. We would call it being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament sense, it came upon them rather than in them. But still the accomplishment was the same. The Spirit was controlling it. They're guiding them. And they were open to his leading. So, amazing guy, Saul. I mean, I feel sorry for him. He... He was kind of pushed into this in one sense by the will of the people. And he reluctantly goes. He had a humility in the beginning because he goes and hides. Like, hey, I don't want the responsibility. But once he gets it, as he always says, as the, the saying goes, <laughs> um, power corrupts. But absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And he became very corrupt by the end of his life. Matthew 25 now. Then the kingdom of the heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. Now when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in the flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight, but at midnight there was a shout. Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make their purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later, the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. And he said, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Be on alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. Verse 14. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To the one he gave five talents, to the other two, to the other one, according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received five talents went and traded with them 
and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received two talents gained two more. But he who received one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had received the one talent came to his master and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, I have what is yours. But the master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does not have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness, and the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When, you, when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of, of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. 
Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not care take care of you? And he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The sayings of Jesus can be profoundly, um, not only thought-provoking, but challenging in our, in our understanding of, of eternal life and what life is and the value of life. And the way he operates. There's some theologically deep things going on here and uh, things that are debated. The overall concept is very simple. There is heaven, there is hell. And those that are faithful and love Jesus Christ are going with him and will be blessed, and those who don't will not. Don't lose sight of the simplicity of it. It's very, very simple. But the whole issue of the oil in the lamps, this is a big one. Who? Um, what is the oil representing? And it would seem that it represents the presence of the Holy Spirit in the believer. Now, there's some nuances there that, that don't, don't always fit the model, and this was, is what's discussed. There was the foolish versions that had uh, no oil, but then some people say they had the oil and the oil went out, and that's why some people say they weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's all the argument there. The, the simplest explanation for me is this. The foolish virgin, virgins did not have the Holy Spirit in them. They may have had a, um, a said faith where they had what they believed was an oil for their lamps, but it was very minimal. It wasn't enough. Certainly, they didn't have the right oil because when the bridegroom came, and this is a call to the rapture in the middle of the night, and they said, wake up. And this is, if you look in the Jewish custom, this was the part of the custom for the wedding feast. The wedding, the bride's party had to wait for the bride to come by with his wedding party. He could come by at any time to collect the bride. Um, morning, noon, or night. They had to be ready. They never knew. And we didn't come by. There would be a loud trumpet blast. There's all this cool um, modeling. And um, there would be a proclamation that the bridegroom is coming. And then the 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 bride and her wedding party would go out and meet the bridegroom and go then to the wedding feast. And those that had their oil in their lamps were ready to go. Those that did not, could not go. They, they did not have the oil to light the path to go to the bridegroom. And it's this interesting modeling here. It's all about modeling of, of salvation because... They go off to find the oil, and by the time they come back, they knock on the door, and it's already closed. And the 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 bridegroom says, "Hey, apart from me, I never knew you." So it's it's very clear that it's that it's a parable regarding salvation. We, as the bride of Christ, are going in to be a part of the wedding feast. We are the bride, and there's going to be people that have a said faith that go to church. Seemingly, they they pretend or they feign being Christians, but they're not. They think they have an oil, but they don't. It's uh, it's false. They're kind of, it's a self-imposed religion. 
where Christ is somehow honored, but only on their own terms. They don't take the whole Bible seriously. They don't incorporate the teachings of the whole Bible, only the parts they like. And it's very much focused on their own interpretations of what they think they, they should have. So that's the first one. And then we have the, the parable um, of the talents. You have the two talents, the, the three, the two, and the one. And, uh, and it's interesting that God gives those talents to the guys with the three talents and two talents. He never wants them back. If you notice, he says, he says take away the one talent from this one guy and give it to the guy with ten. He didn't even ask for the talents back. He wanted that just to see what they would do. See, God gives us life, and he wants to know what we're going to do with the life he gives us. Are we going to invest it for his kingdom? The presence, especially as believers, once we have the Holy Spirit and life eternal, when we have, when we're born again, and I think initially he's just talking about physical life, but you can incorporate it. What do you do with the, the what you've been given by the Lord, we're to invest it, to bring a a benefit, a profit for his kingdom. Because we want to honor our master, and he's asked us to do it. So we do it as faithful servants, to bring more into the kingdom, and to, to shed his grace upon the people. And this is why we see this talent, this parable is really kind of related to the next um, parable, um, or what he talks about, that those that are entering into the kingdom are those that saw the sick and the hurting and those that needed a drink of water and those that did it just out of service, just out of, as a, a normal extension of their service to their master, investing the talent. Then God said, enter into the joy of your master. Well done, good and faithful servant. So they're kind of connected there. And those who are afraid take the one talent, go bury it, and says, I don't know, I'm alive, and I guess, you know, I'm not going to do anything because God seems like an angry God in the Old Testament, and he always chastises people, and so I'm just going to keep my distance. <laughs> I'll go to church on Easter and Thanksgiving or Easter and Christmas, but that's it. He says, you wicked and lazy servant, I gave you life. I gave you, I gave you an understanding of who I am. You have the Bible. What'd you do with it? Nothing. So we see there's a responsibility with the life that we've been given in the understanding of salvation, especially here in the West, where we have a clear, clear understanding of the ministry and the life of Jesus Christ, and it's all around us. I mean, we just read back in, what was it? Uh, I don't remember, 1928 or something. It was mandatory to read the Bible in the public school system in, in Florida part of the curriculum because they understood the early Christians understood we have a responsibility to do something with what we've been given this precious life on this earth we're not just to waste it or to bury it or to ignore God he's coming back and we need to show the fruit we don't do it for salvation but we do it because he, he gave us what we have and we're supposed to as his servants good to remember good chapter Charles Spurgeon, the day is at hand, and I will give him the morning star, Revelation 2.28. Until the day break and the shadows flew away, what a blessing it is to see in Jesus the morning star. Remember when we read in the newspapers the idle tale that the star of Bethlehem, Bethlehem had again appeared 
On inquiry, we found that it was only the morning star, but no great mistake had been made at all. It is best to see Jesus as the sun, but when we cannot do so, the next best thing is to see him as the star which prophesies the day and shows that the eternal light is near at hand. If I am not today all that I hope to be, yet I see Jesus, and that assures me that I shall one day be like him. A sight of Jesus by faith is the pledge of beholding him in his glory and being transformed into his image. If I have not at this hour all the light and joy I could desire, yet I shall have it. For as surely as I see the morning star, I shall see the day. The morning star is never far from the sun. Come, my soul, has the Lord given thee the morning star? Doth thou hold fast the truth, grace, hope, and love which the Lord has given thee? Then in this thou hast the dawn of coming glory. He that makes thee overcome evil and preserveth no, and persevere in righteousness has therein given thee the morning star. A beautiful devotion. Something to think about too, about the light of the, the glory of our Lord and the reminders that we see in him all the time in the heavens. Father, we thank you for the beauty of this morning and of your word and for the parables and these interesting, interesting parables, God, challenging us, reminding us of the preciousness of life and to do something with what we've been given. We see all through this, even in the Old Testament, the need to rely on your Holy Spirit, to ask you to wash over us, to come in us, God, for your Spirit to be to be established in us so that we don't miss you when you come, and not to fall into a, a false sense of our security and our salvation if we've been brought up in a religious institution. But Father, we need, we need that experience in one sense, like Saul, who... who feels or felt that your spirit come upon him and he prophesies there there needs to be a clear point god when we know that your spirit has fallen upon us and we've been born again father you do that in many different ways but we thank you for it we just ask you would move us to ask for it and to believe it when it happens and to pursue it and it's always confirmed by by god that what we do with what you've been given, what we've been given, if our hearts then are turned towards helping the poor and feeding the hungry, and if we have compassion for people, we know that your spirit is beginning to work within us. We become less selfish. We become more centered on others because that is your heart and that is your direction, and that is what you are working for at the end of days to bring in this great harvest. So, God, continue to do that within us. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for our resistance. But we do pray for your spirit to well up within us and to guide us and direct us and make us, God, useful for your kingdom in these latter days. And in that, Father, we want to lift up the needs of our brothers and sisters that are, that are all around us and remember them as we often feel we have our own struggles that are difficult to deal with, but so many people have far more these people in Ukraine that have lost everything from this explosion, these bombs, and, and lost family members, the Russian families that have lost their soldiers, soldiers that had no desire to go into this war, 
young men who were tricked and uh, deceived and, and drug into this war, who are untrained, die needlessly. Father, there's so much heartache going on over there. We ask that you would intervene and do whatever's possible, God. Do whatever is in your will to stop this war and prevent further bloodshed. But we pray in the meantime that you raise up the Christians, you raise up those that know you to be strong warriors for and, and to bring in, Father, hope and healing and food and clothing and shelter for those that are in need. And in this, we pray for um, for Tony and Bernice as they've gone over there and helping in Poland. Thank you for that. And for the Calvary chapels over there in Poland Ukraine, working hard. The couple, the uh, blessings that we read about and hear their stories, ask you to bless them and uh, and help them as they help so many people. We ask God that you would continue to to somehow provide food and ways of escape in the midst of that war to allow people out before, especially those trapped in the steel mill if they're still there. Of this whole city's been wiped out and they've been slowly just trying to hammer that that place until they're all dead. <laughs> Father, asking you to give them give them a way out somehow. So we lift that up, that war, God, and there's so many other wars, we don't even know where to begin, but we ask that you give, um, give freedom to, the, to those that are in, enslaved and, and for the Christians that are in the pastors that are being held captive against their will, God, just minister to them as you did Paul in prison, and we ask that you would bring them out some way by some miracle and government action. You bring them out of their enslavement or their captivity, I want to pray for the fire going on in northern New Mexico, which is just so devastating right now, consuming so much property, so much, so many homes have wiped out hundreds of homes, God. So we ask that you would um, give the firefighters the resources they need and the climate they need. You would stop the wind and allow them the time to get in there and get up the barriers up and get and get the, all the fire retardants sprayed so this fire could stop. And we pray a special blessing upon Calvary Chapel God up there and the other believers in the other churches. Some great churches up there and people, great Christians all around that place, that you would use them to be, again, those that would stand in the gap, help people work tirelessly as your servants, God, giving out that cup of cold water, giving uh, feeding the, the hungry, giving, giving clothes to those that have none because it's all been burned up. So... God bless them. We ask for help for Juan Carlos and his sinuses, that he get that whole thing, op- that operation done, or your healing accomplished, God, that something be, be um, we get some kind of indication today that that is happening. And we um, thank you for the, the healing, continued healing of all of our friends that are going through the treatments, like Celeste and uh, and like Karen Skoog and Hank and uh, and. Now, Steve, up in the north, um, our missionary lady friend from that's been in India, for all these people that are going through their treatments, God, continue to, to get them through it so that they're not sick and that they can have a clarity in thinking and continue to function. But thank you that there is treatment available. So we do thank you for that. And as you continue to heal them, we thank you for our brother, Alvas Calientes, who has asked for prayer for his kids. He needs God to see them get on the right track. 
And and as we see many kids, God, that are getting off track because of the video games and all the junk going on, God, we want to pray for our youth. Just help us. No way to reach them. And that's for that reason we, we ask for a blessing upon the whosoever's which will be coming. Father, um, this weekend and getting things rolling on Tuesday, pray for phenomenal outreaches, God. They come into the schools and with that, pray for permission, God, to get into the schools that you would grant those permissions and help uh, the team, help us get those those skaters in there and get the, uh, all the music in there and get things set up on Tuesday morning. God, just ask you to go before us and prepare all that so we can have a wonderful time with them. So thank you, God, for the, the ministry opportunities, the things you're doing, and we look forward to all that you will do uh, this weekend through the service, teaching of your word, and the teams that are coming. So we bless you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. That will do it for this morning. So have a wonderful day. We'll see you at the same time tomorrow, and we'll be giving you more updates on the team coming. And... Uh, Unfortunately, probably the fire in northern New Mexico. You guys up there in northern New Mexico, if you are watching, listening, give us some updates, if you will. Let us know details of what's happening. So God bless you all. Bye-bye.